Psalm 134, let's begin at verse one. We'll, ju we'll just read the whole psalm. It's a short psalm, three verses. I think we can handle that, okay? Psalm 134, let's read it together, shall we? Behold, bless the Lord, all servants of the Lord, who serve by night in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands to the sanctuary and bless the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion, he who made heaven and earth. Now, Lord, we love you. We ask now that you will open our hearts, that we may hear and receive what the Spirit will say to us in the midst of the preaching today. Let this, O oh Lord, be a word of encouragement and a word of challenge. I lift up to you other life-giving churches. I pray blessing upon them. I pray for our loved ones not yet walking in right relationship with you. Draw them to a place of repentance. I pray especially for our sons and daughters who have walked away from the faith. Send the Holy Spirit after them, O oh Lord. Convict their heart. Help them to recognize their need for you. And draw them to a place of repentance so that not one of them is lost. I pray these things in the only name that matters. The marvelous name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. The psalm that forms the text for the message today is the final one in a group of 15 ancient songs known as Psalms of Degrees or psalms of ascent. These were songs that were sung by pilgrim travelers as they made their way to Jerusalem three times a year for the festivals or the feasts at which attendance was required for the male members of the Jewish community. Three times a year at Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. The people of God were commanded to go up to Jerusalem to participate as a community of believers in times of worship and celebration. The trip was a much-anticipated event. Every season, as the time approached to travel, the preparations would be made. The food for the journey would be prepared. Bags would be packed. There wasn't anything approaching the modern travel convenience that we have today, uh, People of means might ride on a horse or a donkey or perhaps in a cart, but most of the travelers would walk, making their pilgrimage up to Jerusalem. As they traveled in these pilgrim bands, going to Jerusalem in obedience to the command of God, there were songs that would be sung as they approached their destination. Those songs are contained in what we have in our Bibles as Psalm 120 through 134, the Psalms of Ascent. These are marching songs that gave assistance to keep the tired feet of weary travelers moving forward to their final destination of worship. At the same time, these psalms also form a progression that moves us up out of our present condition into a new position in our relationship with the Lord. 
With the words of the first of these psalms, the journey begins in the distant land of Meshach and Kedar, foreign lands that are godless and unrighteous. Psalm 120 is a call from God to leave the old ways behind, to come out of a place of distress, out of a place of deceit, out of a place of danger, out of a place of delay, out of a place of discord. It's a call to repent and follow the Lord in a new upward path. In the first psalm of this group, the travelers reflect on the beginning of the journey, where they've come from, and how they got started on the road to God's divine purpose. In the next song, Psalm 121, they sing about their first sighting of the city of Jerusalem. In Psalm 122, they've arrived at the city and are standing within the gates. Psalms 123 through 132 are songs in which they reflect on the grace and the presence and the blessings of God on his people. Then in Psalm 133, they join together with the company of believers in taking delight in the unity that prevails among the people of God and rejoicing in the blessings that are commanded when that unity is in place. And that brings us then to the final song in this group, the psalm that is our text for today. In one sense, all of the psalms of ascent are about worship, but this concluding psalm is the climax. The people who first sang this song had been traveling the roads that led to Jerusalem. Now they had arrived and were at the temple to worship God in festival celebration. Some of these people would have been on the road for days, some for weeks, In some instances, perhaps for more than a month. Now they had come to the end of the journey. What would happen now? What would they feel? What would they do? When you read the opening verse of this psalm one way, it is an invitation. Come, bless the Lord. The great promise of being in Jerusalem is that the worship is inclusive of everyone. All may join in. Don't be shy. Don't be intimidated. Don't hold back. Did you have a fight with your spouse on the way to the Lord's house? Well, you're here now, so bless the Lord. Did you quarrel with your neighbor while making the trip? Forget about that. You're here now, so bless the Lord. Did you lose touch with your children while coming and aren't sure where they are now? Well, put that aside for the moment. They have their own pilgrimage to make. You're here, so bless the Lord. Are are you ashamed of the feelings you had while traveling? The grumbling you indulged in? The resentment you harbored? Well, it wasn't bad enough to keep you from arriving. Now that you're here, bless the Lord. Are you embarrassed by the number of times you stumbled and fell and had to have someone pick you up and carry you along? No matter. You're here, so bless the Lord. It's an invitation to put aside the trials and the toils of the journey behind you and join with the company of the faithful in worship. Not only is it an invitation, though, it's also an imperative, Now that you've arrived at the place of worship, what are you going to do? Are you going to sit around and tell stories about the trip? 
Are you going to spend your time as a tourist in the big city, visiting the bazaars and window shopping and trading in the square? Now that you've got Jerusalem checked off your list of things to do, will you immediately begin looking for another challenge, uh, another holy place to visit? Will the temple be merely a place to socialize, to receive congratulations from others on your achievement, to share gossip and trade stories, a, a place to make business contacts that will improve your prospects back home? None of those is the reason you made the trip. You're here because God called you. You're here because God blessed you. You are here because God has enabled you to make it. So now the imperative is bless the Lord. Your stories may be interesting, but they aren't the point. Your achievements may be marvelous, but they aren't what's important. Your curiosity may be understandable, but it's not really relevant. Now that you're here, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Do that for which you were created and redeemed. Lift your voice in gratitude. Enter into the community of praise and prayer that anticipates the final consummation of faith in heaven. I know you've been through some stuff on your journey. I know things haven't always gone your way. I, I know there have been struggles. I, I know there have been disappointments. But worship isn't an option for the child of God. This is the time to lay all of that aside. This is the time to recalibrate your vision and narrow your focus. The first statement in this psalm isn't just an invitation and it isn't just an imperative. It's also an instruction. Look again at that very first word, behold. That word introduces the psalm with an instruction to pay attention, sit up and take notice, behold. Not only is it a call to give attention, but it's also a call to careful observation. Look around you with intentionality. See, too often... We get into a time of worship and all we can do is look at the negatives. All we can see are the problems. The mountains that are in our way obstruct our view. This psalm is an instruction to get your eyes just a little bit higher than you're accustomed to looking. This psalm is a reminder that in the midst of chaos and confusion, there's another point of view. In the natural, you behold the problems. In the natural, you behold the adversity. In the natural, you behold the impossibility. You know how, you know how we do it. Behold, the bills are overdue. Behold, the kids are out of control. Behold, the job is terminated. Behold, the health is deteriorated. Behold, the relationship is on the rocks. Behold, the country's in a mess and the world is groaning in agony. Behold, truth has fallen in the street. Righteousness is reviled. Evil is ascending. 
everything around you would argue for retreat and defeat. But I came today to give you another perspective. I came to invite you to a different point of view. Behold, the Lord is still on his throne. Behold, he hasn't surrendered his scepter of authority to any other. Behold, his hand isn't short that it cannot save, and his ear isn't dull that it cannot hear. Behold, the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their cries. Behold, I will lift my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Behold, the earth is the Lord's, and the full thereof. Behold, my God shall supply all my need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Behold, those who wait upon the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Behold, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Behold, I have been young and now I am old, but I have not seen the righteous forsaken his descendants out begging for bread. Behold, you have a high priest who has been tempted at all points as you are, yet without sin. So you can come with confidence to the throne of grace, and there you'll find grace to help in time of need. Behold, nothing can separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus your Lord. Not tribulation, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. Not death, or life, or angels, or principalities, or powers, or things present, or things to come, or height, or depth, or any other created thing. But in all these things, you are more than a conqueror through him who loved you. The instruction is behold. And then when you behold, bless. When you get a God point of view, you can't help but bless the Lord. You can't help but worship. When you think about the Lord, how he saved you, how he raised you, how he filled you with the Holy Ghost, how he healed you to the uttermost. When you think about the Lord, how he picked you up and turned you around, how he placed your feet on solid ground, it will make you want to shout, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, Lord, you're worthy of all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. There is the invitation, there is the imperative, there is the instruction. This psalm then identifies those who are to be involved in the worship. It says, all servants of the Lord who serve by night in the house of the Lord. I want you to think back with me for a moment to the occasion when King David brought the Ark of the Covenant into the city of Jerusalem. After he had gotten the Ark positioned... David called all the Levites together who were the ministers and the musicians assigned to the ministry of worship. 
And he divided those people into three different companies. There were three groups of singers, three groups of instrumentalists, and three groups of dancers. All the singers, instrumentalists, and dancers who were in group one, they were assigned to minister before the ark of the Lord in the first shift, which was eight hours. They they served eight-hour shifts. All the worshipers in group two, they were to minister in the second shift. All the worshipers in group three, they were given the third shift. Thus it was that 24 hours a day, there was continual worship being offered in the presence of the Lord. This psalm is specifically addressed to those in the third group. Those who serve by night in the house of the Lord. Back in the dark ages, I used to pull a 11 to 7 shift at a 7-Eleven. Anybody worked those shifts? Some of you have done that. You know, you know. Well, think about being part of the worship team for the third watch, the night season worship service. Right? The sun had set long ago. The crowd has gone to their homes and is safely and soundly sleeping in their beds. There's no traffic out in the streets. Even the animals have settled down for the night. Everything is quiet and still. There's only the dim light of the lamp illuminating the tent. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. And you're on the schedule to sing the solo. I just wonder how many times that soloist didn't feel like singing at 3 o'clock in the morning. I wonder how many times that trumpet player would rather have been sleeping at 3 o'clock in the morning instead of watching his music and counting measures rest so that he could come in at the right time in the music. Just wonder. I, I wonder how many times that dancer wanted to curl up in a ball under the covers instead of twirling and leaping and dancing at 3 o'clock in the morning. Most of us would have wanted to dismiss the importance of that worship. I mean, after all, there's nobody, nobody around to even hear it. But what we're made to understand is that real worship doesn't require a spotlight. Real worship doesn't require a crowd. Real worship doesn't require a lot of fanfare. Real worship is designed for an audience of one. The psalm doesn't say, behold, impress the congregation with your vocal ability. It doesn't say, dazzle the crowd with your skill and talent. It doesn't say, provide a performance that will cause an ovation of applause to erupt from the appreciative listeners the instruction is behold bless the Lord 
when there's no one else around to hear it, bless the Lord. When you feel like you've been overlooked and no one's paying attention, bless the Lord. When it's just you and God, bless the Lord. I want to tell you, if they had gone by their feelings, there would never have been any worship going on during the night season. If they had gone by their feelings, they would have shut and locked the doors. They would have turned out the lamps and come back the next morning. But there's a truth you need to get established in your spirit today. Feelings don't run the show. I I hear it all the time. Pastor, I just don't feel like blessing the Lord. And I'm not going to be a hypocrite about it. I can't bless the Lord if I don't feel like blessing the Lord. It, It wouldn't be honest. You know what this psalm would say to that? This psalm would say there's an intensity and an intentionality to your involvement in worship. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. See, I want to tell you, it doesn't require a special feeling to lift your hands. It's a simple motor movement. You may not be able to command your heart, but you can command your arms. Lift your hands in worship, and just maybe your heart will get the message and will also be lifted up in praise. Go through the motions of worship, and your spirit will pick up the cue and will follow along. I don't know if you're aware of it or not, but you can act yourself into a new way of being. You can. If you'll find the right things to do, if you'll practice the actions, then the other things will follow. See, there's too many who think that the only way to change your behavior is you first have to change your feelings. But the message of the Bible is that instead of changing your feelings in order to change your behavior, you can change your behavior, and the change in your behavior will change your feelings. Your feelings may not be fully engaged. Your feelings may not be enthusiastic about the worship. Your feelings may be flat, but you can control your muscles. No excuses. Lift up your hands. Bless the Lord. There is a reality that is deeper than your feelings. You don't live by feelings. You live by faith. You don't worship by feelings. You worship by faith. You worship because the Lord is worthy of worship. You worship for an audience of one. You worship in order to redirect your feelings into a path that is in keeping with the will of God. Bless the Lord. All servants of the Lord, those who serve during the night season watch, lift up your hands to the sanctuary and bless the Lord. I may very well be talking to someone listening to this message who finds yourself in the middle of what can only be described as a long, dark night of the soul. Maybe the light of hope has gone out. Maybe the joy has departed. 
you may think that every reason you have to worship has vanished. I may be talking to somebody who just feels numb because of the events of the last few days. I may be talking to somebody who has had one calamity after another hit and you're thinking you just can't take it anymore. I may be talking to somebody whose body is racked with pain. I may be talking to somebody who's in the middle of a painful divorce. I, I may be talking to somebody who's lost a job and you can't see any way of providing for your family. I may be talking to somebody who's grieving over the death of a loved one. I may be talking to somebody who's reached the end of your endurance. Maybe your long, dark night of the soul is fear. Maybe your long, dark night of the soul is depression. Maybe your long, dark night of the soul is panic. Maybe your long, dark night of the soul is addiction. Whatever it is, however you would describe it, if you are in the long, dark night of the soul, the word of the Lord to you is this. Lift up your praising hands and bless the Lord. Don't wait until you feel like it. Go ahead and do it, and the feeling will follow. If you're really going through it, that's the time to bless the Lord. If you're really struggling, that's the time to bless the Lord. If you're really in a bind, if you're in the night season, the long, dark night of the soul, that's the time to bless the Lord. Oh, I wish somebody who's in the midst of the stuff right now would go ahead and dare to obey the word of the Lord. I wish somebody who's in the midst of the night season would just go ahead and lift up your praising hands and bless the Lord. Behold, bless the Lord, all servants of the Lord who serve by night. You're in the night season in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. I bless you, Lord. Now watch this, and I'm through. This psalm talks about an invitation, an imperative, an instruction, an involvement, an intensity, and an intentionality. I want to finish by showing that it also talks about an impartation. Verse 3. May the Lord bless you from Zion, he who made heaven and earth. Watch this. When God finds somebody in the midst of the night season daring to bless him in worship, that's when he sits up and pays attention. And that's when he responds by blessing them. Oh, oh let me tell you today. He who made heaven and earth, he knows how to bring a blessing your way. If you'll worship the Lord even in the night season, then the Lord will respond and he'll bless you. He will. See... <clears throat> Job, sitting on the ash heap, scraping the sores with a shard of pottery. Job blessed the Lord, 
and God restored twice as much as he lost. Abraham blessed the Lord, and God gave him a son of promise in his old age. Joseph in the pit blessed the Lord, and God promoted him to prime minister of Egypt. Moses on the backside of the desert blessed the Lord, and the children of Israel were delivered from Egyptian bondage. Joshua blessed the Lord, and the walls of Jericho fell flat. David blessed the Lord, and he was given an everlasting kingdom. Solomon blessed the Lord, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Jehoshaphat Jehoshaphat blessed the Lord in the midst of his enemies when the army was coming against him and the enemy army was defeated and it took him three days to gather up the spoils of battle in Blessing Valley. Three Hebrew boys blessed the Lord and the flames of a fiery furnace didn't burn them and there wasn't even the smell of smoke on their clothing. Daniel blessed the Lord and the mouths of hungry lions were shut. Paul and Silas at midnight blessed the Lord and an earthquake opened prison and doors and loose chains of bondage and the jailer and all his household were saved. The apostle John blessed the Lord and oil wouldn't boil him and the, he was in the spirit on the Lord's day and received the revelation of Jesus Christ as the king of kings and Lord of lords. I'm telling you, you cannot bless the Lord without the Lord in turn blessing you. You may be in the night season. You may be in the long, dark night of the soul. If that's you, then lift up your praising hands and bless the Lord. When you begin to bless the Lord, then watch God turn around and bless you. Come on, come on. I dare you. I dare you. I dare you. If you're struggling, if you're discouraged, if you don't feel like it, if you'd rather do anything but respond in worship, you're a prime candidate for blessing the Lord. Lift up your praising hands and bless the Lord. Behold, bless the Lord, all servants of the Lord who serve by night in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands to the sanctuary and bless the Lord. And may the Lord then bless you from Zion, he who made heaven and earth. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Come on, bless his name in this house. Pastor, I don't feel like blessing the Lord. That's the ones that very much need to bless the Lord. That's when you really need to bless the Lord. When you absolutely feel like you're on your last leg, when you absolutely feel you can't go another step, that's when you need to bless the Lord. That's when God will then pay attention and he'll pour out blessing on top of you. Come on, bless my Lord. Come on, stand on your feet and bless the Lord. I'm done. That's all I got for today. I will sing praise, I will lift my voice, I will sing praise, I've made my choice, I will sing praise in all I do, I will sing praise to you. Come on, could you sing it with me? I will sing praise, I will lift my voice, I will sing praise, I've made my choice, 
Just make it a declaration there. I will sing praise. I'll lift my voice. voice. I will sing praise. I will sing praise. I made my choice. I made my choice. I will sing praise in all I do. I will sing praise in all. Try. 